Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay, and my very special guest is a, a wonderful actor, a character actor, extraordinaire, a gentleman named Robert Craighead. Robert, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show, Frank. All right, listen, for a young guy, you've been doing this a long time. When did you get started? Well, it depends on what you consider young, but (laughs) (laughs) I I started actually uh, uh, doing theater when I was a teenager, but uh, I actually came out to Hollywood when I was 18 years old and uh, went to acting school at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts uh, for three years before I ventured into uh, uh, working professionally. So I guess I was about 21 by the time I started professionally. And is this something that that just hit you? You know, as a teenager, or did it did it start younger? I mean, did you get on stage? I always say, oh, as a tree yeah. or a rock or something. And <laughs> well, I think what happened was uh, I've kind of thought about this a lot over the years. Is what actually spurred me on was I think whenever I was a kid in grade school, they had a talent show, and uh, you know, all the guys who were you know they had their bands and whatnot, and uh, I couldn't do any, uh, I couldn't play any musical instruments at the time, and I uh, so I. I, I could do impersonations, though. And so um, I did some crazy impersonations like John Wayne and Jerry Lewis and stuff like that. And anyway, I won the talent contest. And, uh, uh, the, you know, getting all, and all the notoriety from that, from all the other kids, just, you know, hey, do John Wayne for me. Do John Wayne. So, you know, it's, it's like you, you get that encouragement and say, well, I've got to do this all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, how old, so how old were you when that happened? I guess I was probably around the fourth or fifth grade, and yeah, I think it was yeah something like that. See, that's early. Davis, that's very good. Davis's class, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. And what about your parents? Did what, were they encouraging on this, or were they saying, "Hey, listen, stop messing around with talking like other people, and just you know, pick up a book <laughs> well, once actually, Oh, well, actually, my uh, my parents were very supportive. Uh, uh, my dad was uh, in the oil business in Texas, and. Uh, he, you know, I mean, he had a business that he had hoped that I would take over for him. But, uh, you know, I just, I didn't like getting my hands dirty. So, uh, <laughs> so whenever I, I got, when I turned 18, my dad was fully supportive of me coming out to California and uh, and going to acting school. He, he supported me for a couple of years, just as if I would have gone to any normal university, you know. So See, that's uh, terrific. That's he got it, you know, and he realized, hey, this is something that you're you're interested. What about your mom? Was she a a movie fan or a TV fan? Actually, actually, yeah. My sister uh, Deborah was named after Deborah Kerr. Uh, my brother was named after Troy Donahue, and wow. Uh, wow. my dad, his name is Robert, but my mother swears I was named after Robert Mitchum. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's listen. Let me let me just say when you have something like that going for you, you got a huge advantage because they they got the bug even before you had the bug. They had the bug, and that's a nice uh, nice support role that you would get oh, from yeah. from them let me remind everyone who just might be do- tuning in right now that this is frank mckay and robert craighead is my very special guest and uh, just a wonderful uh wonderful character actor and just a tremendous resume and everything from episodic tv to films to uh, to soaps uh you've done a little bit of of it all i mean is there something out there that you wish you would have done more of or is it just a matter of you know keeping busy well, actually, um, I just started doing something that I wish I had uh, started a little earlier in life. I just started uh, 
uh, doing country and Western music, uh, because I always loved country music when I was a kid growing up. And, uh, and it would always, you know, like I said, you know, impersonate some of the great country and Western singers and uh, like Johnny Cash and whatnot, because I've always had this deep voice. And, uh, Anyway, about uh, two years ago, I started. Uh, I was doing a, a world premiere musical called Paradise, as a bluegrass musical comedy, and uh, it's all original music. And uh, a couple of the songs in the show, I, I went to the writer and I said, "Hey, you know, would you mind if I converted this over into like old school honky tonk country and western and, and recorded these songs?" And he said, "Yeah, that sounds great. I'll produce it." And the writer's name's Cliff Wagner, and. Uh, and so we went into the recording studio, and he, he picked up some fantastic musicians. Like I, I can't remember all of their names, but the lead guitarist for the Bellamy Brothers and whatnot. We recorded a couple of songs, put them out on uh, iTunes. They're out there on in the internet everywhere, Amazon, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Right now, I'm working on a a world premiere musical uh, with Paul Overstreet. Uh, based upon all his music, uh, he did. Um, uh, he's written. I mean, he's a country music hall of fame writer and singer. Um, did like it, worked with Randy Travis and George Jones, like a Forever and Ever, Amen, and uh, um, just tons of great, great songs. Uh, you, you know, we had and not to cut you off, but we had Ronnie Cox on the show recently. He was a, a great guest. You know, Ronnie. I do. I don't know if you know him personally. Not personally, no. but uh, wonderful actor. And now he he tours. He I don't know how many shows a year he plays, but you know he's singing and storytelling and you know playing like folk music, and you know it's very 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 nice, very enjoyable. But his acting, yeah, I, I kind of got the idea from Jeff Bridges. You know, I mean because here he is now. He's got this fantastic show that he does. Uh, you know, with uh, Jeff Bridges and the Abiders. And uh, so it was kind of like, hey, you know, Jeff can do it. I can do this. You know, so it's something I always wanted to do. And uh, so now I'm tinkering around in it. So, well, it's the acting and the, and the success that you've had in acting that that allows you that freedom to to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to try something. And, and if you exactly uh, if exactly. it takes off, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it was more like a, a life thing. You know, I, I don't call it a bucket list. I call it a life list. But it was one of those things on my life list that, that I wanted to, to do, you know. And uh, so now I, I'm messing around with it, and uh, and it's having a ball, having a great time. But, of course, if an acting job comes up, I've got to, that takes priority, you know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's your day gig, you know. you gotta you got to stick with that. I'm sure. Pay the bills, you know. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, you, you mentioned a life list, and and you know some people may may call it a bucket list. I'm big on list, and I'm big on goals. Are, are you a, a goal setter? Are you that type of guy? Oh, definitely. No, I, I'm actually. I had a football coach, Joe Loudermilk, when I was a kid. That uh, he instilled into me the the power of positive mental attitude. And actually, right now, I'm looking above my desk. My license plate when I was a, a young actor says positive, and. Uh, that is just a word that I created because uh, I believe in the power of the mind and, and that if you believe that you can accomplish something, all you've got to do is put everything out there uh, and put the, your ducks in a row to accomplish that goal, and uh, nothing can stop you. You know. So. Are you a, are you a self-help guy? Are you into Norman Vince Appeal and, uh, and Napoleon oh, Hill Norman and guys like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love all of those uh, the self-help guys. Uh, actually, also very dear friend of mine, uh, uh, Dee Wallace, is also a very inspirational uh, friend of mine that uh, she's, she's always working with me as well. But uh, yeah, We've had know, her I mean, on the show. She's terrific. She's a terrific oh, yeah. guest, terrific I've been actress. I've with Dee for, my 
God ever since I started in this business, and she's uh, she's been a very uh, she's been a huge inspiration to me. Yeah. Were you got were you in Cujo? Yes, actually, actually, it was one of my first movies, and uh, I didn't. I wound up on the cutting room floor, but uh, I did work on the film. I still get checks for like thirty cents every now and then, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, I was the first one to encounter the dog when it when it became rabbit in the movie, and uh, then they they I don't know they cut about a half hour of the movie out of the, of the on the master cut, so uh, I didn't make that. And uh, uh, but that that is one of the one of the first things I worked with D on, and it's interesting because just recently I finished a movie with D uh, that her and I um, uh, play lovers in uh, the film and uh, it's called flowers in December. It'll be hitting the, uh, the film uh, festival circuits uh, coming, coming up later this year. So nice. Uh, and, nice. and it was wonderful to be able to work together with her again uh, on film. We're coming up uh, at a point where I should remind everyone that Robert Craighead is our very special guest. This is Frank McKay. And if you haven't seen his work, Google him. He's got a resume a mile long and he's just a wonderful character actor and i told you uh, earlier that uh, we're off mic that my mother was a big bold and a beautiful fan and you you did so many of those episodes and it's listen it's great work if you can get it it's great work my late mom uh used to love that love that show but let me bring up something about d wallace that and maybe you could bring it up to her but it when i was interviewing her i said who was cast first who did spielberg cast first you or drew barrymore and she said, you know, I'm not sure, because if D. Wallace was, and, and think about this, this is, you know, this is a bizarre little uh, twist, and she said she'd never been asked the question before, but if D. Wallace had been cast first, there is a chance that Drew Barrymore, who has a, you know, an incredible career uh, now as an adult and whatever, but she really got a break from, from E.T. Oh, of course. Yeah, and if, wonderful. if D. Wallace was the one that was cast first in that movie, there's there's a good chance that that she is partly indirectly responsible for Drew Barrymore being so su- uh, successful because they probably want to oh. match up the looks. And if you think about it, Drew Barrymore as a little girl does look like like D. Well, you know, I mean, they well, they course, matched him yeah. up. Yeah, does she does? But I, you know, I, I, knowing D because that's about the time I met D was when she was working on ET, and uh, I know for a fact uh, from working with D on several projects that that. Uh, she was probably very uh, inspirational and drew as far as bringing bringing out and making her comfortable at such an early age in her career. And uh, so, I'm, yeah, I don't have a doubt about that in my mind at all. Yeah, yeah, she's but that's very inspirational. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And she's one of those people who, uh, you know, she's she's got a, a, a resume a mile long too, but she's got a very positive attitude on everything. I love optimist. I consider myself an optimist uh, at at all cost. How early on did you start thinking like that? How did how did you get into positive well, like, thinking? Well, like I, like I said, I, actually, I was in high school. Uh, I was playing football uh, in Texas. You know, you had to play football. And, it's a, uh, it's a rule. It's a law. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I was I was playing football, and uh, anyway, I'd gone, gone down a, a wrong path. Uh, you know, started getting in some trouble. And I quit the football team in my sophomore year, and this new coach came in, and uh, he he called me into his office, and he said, Robert, he says, uh, said I've been watching the, you know, some game films from last year, and he says I'd like for you to come back and play football uh, for me. And so he he said, but let's do something. Let's set some goals. 
And he said, uh, what would you like to accomplish? You know, I said, well, I'd like to be all state. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to play in a bowl game, you know, what, you know, and he, uh, he, so he set these goals up and he said, uh, all right, then let's work towards that. And anyway, he had a motivational period every morning when you came into school, the first period was going to his office, our whole football team. And he would, uh, uh, read, uh, motivational things to us um, uh, to get us inspired and to it was more of a, of a life lesson than it was uh, trying to teach you about uh, you know going out there and, and beating somebody's head in on a football field it was more about uh, how to deal with problems as you come up to them and how to overcome them and uh, it, yeah he was he was a it still is a true inspiration to me as well. You're, a, uh, you're very fortunate, and so are the guys on that team, very fortunate to get a coach like that. There's a, you know, so many coaches that just care about, you know, the, the other way, just, uh, you know, smash well, I, through, I gotta, smash mouth. I, I got to say, he, he did something else for the whole community, the whole town. He got us to, he put this secret word out there, and it was quadra. And only the football team knew what it meant. And uh, we would chant it as we came onto the football field. And the whole town got to where they were chanting it. And it became, like, really famous in North Texas. Uh, it's Quadja, Quadja, Quadja. Everybody wanted to know what Quadja meant. And now 35 years later, I can tell you, it meant quit hell. We just got here. Ah, and, yeah, very and good. And that, that's what kind of guy this was. You know, it was, you know, you, you just keep trying. You keep plugging. You keep going at it. And so that, that's pretty been my mantra for my life is quadra, just quadra, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, how about growing up? What about your parents? And, you know, we, we touched on what they did, but what were they like? What were they like as, as you know, teachers and parents? Well, my, my dad, uh, he's, just a, he's a self-made man. He was, uh, he was born, um, uh, you know, with, uh, he has three brothers. He was born very, uh, he came from a very poor family and, um, he and he and all of his, but they didn't have them. Their mother died when they were very young, and so they were raised by uh, uh, their father, who uh, who had a bit of a drinking problem, gambling problem, um, and so they pretty much had to uh, fend for themselves. And it's it's very it's remarkable what happened. One of them uh, became a very successful airline pilot, president of the pilots' union. Um, Another one uh, became uh, vice president of uh, Snap-on Tools International, um, the, and uh, then my dad became a very, very successful oil man and owned uh, his own company, uh, logging and per perforating, self-taught, a geologist, and uh, then their youngest brother became uh, an officer in the Navy, and uh, so they all overcame uh, things in their life, uh, that, uh, getting a rough start in the world. And became very successful. So to me, that's what it's, you know, my dad worked constantly. He's a workaholic. And uh, I mean, he's 77, 78 years old now, and he's, he still works, you know. And uh, so whenever I think about, oh, I'm tired or, oh, I can't do this, you know, there's a couple of things that he's thinking my dad. And, uh, you know, he never quit. He never gave up. He kept going for it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, very proud of my father. And That's terrific. Done with his life, yeah. And my mother, the same way. She was. Uh, uh, she went back to high school and got her uh, high school uh, uh, degree later on in life, and uh, she became an artist and a very, very prolific 
artist, a wonderful painter. And uh, so, yeah, no, it's... Uh, That's terrific. Yeah, you got great parents. It just sounds like... Oh, yeah. Terrific. Yeah, super, super parents. I love them both. Let yeah. me remind everyone once again that this is Frank McKay, but more importantly, my special guest is Robert Craighead, a, a wonderful character actor, and he's got a resume a mile long. Let me ask you about the moment that you found out that you were being cut or your scene was being cut from Cujo. I mean, what goes through <laughs> your head there? I mean, is that uh, like total disappointment? I mean, it's got to be disappointment. Oh, of course, uh, of course. especially. I was, it is was it like, devastating? Uh, yeah, it was my first movie. I was, uh, I, I was, oh, my God. You know, and of course, fortunately, uh, Dee Wallace and her husband, Christopher Stone, who were the stars of the film, uh, you know, they're very, very dear friends of mine. And, and they called me. They said, Robert, we got something to tell you, you know, and, and Anyway, they uh, they broke the news to me and said we just saw the final cut and uh, you know they and, and Chris was of course saying oh they cut a bunch of my stuff out too man you know he's like uh, you know but uh, so he was a big difference a <laughs> big big difference getting cut out when you're the main guy they cut a couple of the scenes they cut your whole deal out yeah yeah but uh, you know I I just. I just chalked it. They, you know, it's one of those things that happens in the business. I've been fortunate that, that that that's the only time it's ever happened, you know. So, uh, but it's, so I, of course, in your mind, you think, oh, this is it. This is my big break, you know. This big Stephen King movie. It was it was his first, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was uh, he was there on set. You know? Wow. And, uh, yeah. What was your impression like of I, Stephen King? I thought he was. Oh my God! At, at the time, I was very impressionable. Uh, I, I thought he was. Uh, genius you know and uh, um, I, I mean I didn't spend a lot of time with him but uh, I was honored to be able to meet such a fantastic writer you know uh, and so they, you know, I really couldn't say I, I had any more of an impression than just awe <laughs> yeah. reputation precedes him no question right but uh, anyway Robert Craighead uh, is just a wonderful actor got about a minute left with Robert and this is Frank McKay Robert uh, what can you leave us with? Uh, first of all, do you do you do social media, and can you point to a website where people can follow your career? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm out there on. I, you know, I just started doing this Twitter thing, so uh, I would love everybody to uh, follow me on Twitter um, because I'm posting. I just posted uh, some pictures yesterday. I, I just did a guest star on NCIS Los Angeles, uh, so I was just posting some pictures of me and LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell. Uh, you know, so if, if people can follow along with me there, I'm always uh, telling you about what I'm doing. And, and what's the Twitter handle? Pictures. What's your what's your handle? It's, it's at Robert Craighead. All right, you didn't have competition for that, I guess. That was good. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no no other Robert Craigheads out there that wanted wanted to tweet tweet the same way. Well, there are some other Robert Craigheads out there. There are. No. Uh, there weren't any out there on Twitter, so yeah, I got that one, nailed it. And also follow me on Facebook. Uh, once again, it's Robert Craighead. I've got a fan page uh, out there, and uh, please climb on there as well. And uh, look up my. I guess a couple. I do want to tell you about a couple of movies coming out. Go ahead. Uh, sometime later this year, and uh, aside from uh, Flowers in December, is. Uh, uh, t the Tiger Hunter with uh, Danny Pudi from Community and Kevin Pollack, uh, John Heater from uh, Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah. Right. And uh, that'll be coming out later this year. And uh, 
Give Till It Hurts is a movie I did with Dwayne Whitaker from uh, Pulp Fiction and uh, Daniel Roebuck, uh, everybody knows from Lost, and uh, it's hilarious. And another funny movie coming out is that I just finished filming is called Crabs, and uh, that's a, a film about, it's, it's hilarious. I know this sounds like it's some kind of crazy B-horror movie, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical. The mutated crabs from the... Uh, Fukushima power plant over in Japan when they had the nuclear explosion, they come over to Northern California and uh, invade this sleepy little town, and I'm I'm their inept sheriff there. So, but uh, uh, yeah, so please listen. Check those out. It is that. a it is a great career, and you're in the process of a great uh, great career. One of the really fine character actors uh, out there, Mr. Robert Craighead. Check him out and check out those movies coming up. Robert, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Frank. It's uh, an honor to be on your show. Thank and let's you get so you much. for a part two one of these days, and we'll catch up after these movies come out and see how everything's looking. But uh, congratulations on everything, Robert. Okay, thank you so much. And, and good luck to you as well. Continued success. Thank you. Same here. Robert Craighead, everyone, has been our very special guest. Really a wonderful actor. Check out his work. Check him out on social media. And check out those movies he mentioned. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay.